Good afternoon, patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we're talking about the culture war. Next, on Living with Liberty. How do we win the culture war? Is the culture war ever really won? Is the culture war even something that we as conservatives want to continue to engage in or even start to play in? If you listen to the likes of Paul Ryan, then we should be tucking our tails between our legs and running away from the culture war. He clearly doesn't understand, though, what is important and what isn't in terms of being an American and preserving our way of life and our republic. Now, here's what Paul Ryan said back in May about the culture war that is currently ripping our republic to shreds. He said this, and I quote, As the left gets more woke, the rest of America is getting weary. This stuff is exhausting. And we conservatives have got to be careful not to get caught up in every little cultural battle. Sometimes these skirmishes are just creations of outrage peddlers, detached from reality and not worth anybody's time. They draw our attention away from the far more important case we must make to the American people. Culture matters, absolutely, yes. But our party must be defined by more than a tussle over the latest grievance or perceived slight. We must not let them take priority over solutions, grounded in principle, to improve people's lives. Now, has this guy not watched the Democrats at all? Our party must be defined by more than a tussle over the latest grievance or perceived slight, he says. Now, how does Paul Ryan think we have arrived to this point of 18,659 genders, men dominating women's sports, and our children being indoctrinated in our schools? Has he not watched the Democrats bitch and whine their way to the destruction of our cultural values of freedom and liberty, the norms of biology that say there are only two genders, and the constant politicizing of our children through something that we are now passing off as education. Has he not watched the Democrats in the left try and attack and rectify every uh, perceived, how do you put it, every perceived slight? That's how we got here, because the left and the Democrats have chosen to battle every little perceived slight. They have chosen to battle and try and make everything offensive. But Paul Ryan doesn't want to even take a look at that. Now, you look at this, do you you really think that he hasn't watched the Democrats do this? Of course he has. But Paul Ryan and the rest of the Rhino Brigade were too busy trying to win people over with solutions grounded in principles and not addressing cultural aspects, not addressing every little battle. He forgot and the rhinos forgot that it's not one big thing that changes everything. It's a series of little battles that have changed everything. There 
it just uh, outright ignoring of the cultural uh, battles, no matter how big or small they've been, has gotten us to this point because all the little battles have accumulated to this point we're at today. They decided the culture war was not worth fighting, that it was too tiring. I wonder how many times Paul Ryan told his wife he was too tired. If our republic is truly worth something, then the culture of it needs to be fought for and preserved, no matter if it's a big or small cultural battle. Again, the little battles are what ends up to the major change. These doofuses forgot that part. Culture is a key component to the identity of any civilization. Our culture is one of freedom, liberty, and equality for all. Our culture is one of judging people by the content of their character. Our culture, our American culture, is one that values and rewards hard work. You put the work in, more often than not, you're going to be rewarded for it. That is who we are as Americans. But Paul Ryan and the rest of the rhinos in the Washington, uh, Washington Zoo are too tired to per fight to preserve that culture. They would rather just try to beat people over the head with ideas and principles and ideas rooted in principles. Think about the context in which those ideas and principles are formed. Think about the culture those ideas and principles are formed in. What good are principles and ideas if those principles and ideas are based on a culture you allowed to be destroyed? Do you see what is going on here now and why this is important? How can you have good ideas and principles or good uh, or solid ideas rooted in principle that are contextually in a culture that's been destroyed? If you look at it then, contextually, as these ideas are presented, they are seen as out of touch with the times. And they will continue to be so unless you address the cultural issues, unless you battle back on the slow erosion of our culture. Guess why Trump is so popular? Because he understands that there is more to winning people over than ideas and principles and ideas rooted in principles and solutions rooted in principles. Trump understands that if you can just continually beat people over the head with ideas rooted in principle, with no grounding of cultural norms, that are and these ideas and principles are outside of context, uh, contextually outside of the cultural norms right now. They, the people, will eventually tune out the message. Trump understands that. Trump understands that there is a personal connection component to all this. It's why his rallies are huge. It's Trump is working to change the culture. He's battling back against the cultural erosion that we've seen. Trump understands that for ideas and principles to work, there has to be a shared culture that is preserved and fostered and in our case repaired right now in some instances. Donald Trump understands that in order to change the mind, you must first change the heart. That's why his message is popular. It first 
touches the heart of many Americans. It touches that cultural aspect of what America was founded on and has been for generations. It serves as a reminder that we do, in fact, have a shared culture in this country. Trump's message makes it uh, clear we have that shared culture as Americans, and that doesn't matter. That culture is it goes across all backgrounds, whether you were born here, whether you're a naturalized citizen. That shared culture transcends your background. Trump's message is a reminder of what a great country we have, that a great, what a great country we live in, the, the best one that the planet has ever seen, that we are truly an exceptional country and we need to get back. We need to instill a culture that gets us back to that. The Trump message evokes pride in country, pride in being American, and it re represents a turning back toward that American culture of being proud of, of who we are as a people. Now, many Republicans, especially the establishment rhinos, just don't get it. They continue to think that they can just offer up solutions rooted in principle, and that's going to change minds. Just because there's a logic to it, just because it sounds good, and yeah, truthfully, they are generally pretty good ideas. But these these Republicans in the establishment just continue to think that they can just talk about this stuff because principle, because it's principled, and, and people will get it, and it's going to change their minds. They continue to think that compromise with an ideological opponent still works. They think they can still change minds and, and negotiate with the left because of principle. Now, let me ask you this. How many times have you changed your mind because someone presented, it, uh, presented an idea to you that was rooted in principle? Now, I'll bet that even if you had shared principles with that person, your mind probably wasn't changed very easily, if at all. Just because they uh, pre presented you an idea with principle doesn't mean you're going to change your mind. Now imagine trying to persuade someone who doesn't share your principles with a, just principle-based logical ideas. Now again, they may be superior ideas. Generally they are when it comes to uh, kind of right versus left ideas. But that presentation is going to be a non-starter in terms of changing the mind without first changing the culture. It's why the culture war is just as important of a component to restoring the Republic as these principle-rooted ideas. Culture gets to the heart of the person. It's, it is the heart of the person. It is, in some respects, the identity of, of that person. It's, it's how they identify. If you're part of American culture, that, that's your part of your identity as American. If you're uh, a German, then part of your identity is the German culture. That, that's just how it is. And if you don't change that, if we in America don't change our culture back to an America first, America centric culture, there's no amount of ideas, uh, no matter how good a principle they stand on, that are going to change anybody's mind. If you can change the culture, the ideas then become more readily accepted. The left understood this long ago. That's why they continue to wage a culture war. It's why they continue not to stop waging a culture war, even when they
get pushed back and defeated in the little cultural battles. They, they, they understand that if you keep at it and change the culture, then the ideas uh, are become more readily accepted. The left knows that if they can control the culture, they can control how people perceive their ideological changes to society, insane as they are. They know people become more amenable to those ideas if presented within the correct cultural context. The left's culture war has made what was abnormal seem normal now, thereby getting people to go along with it. But fighting battles is just too tiring for the poor delicate rhinos. So they go full ostrich head in the sand mode when it comes to fighting these cultural battles, and they let our society sink further to the brink of destruction. Now, can the culture war be won? No, the culture war is one thing that is always going on. Culture has always seemed to swing back one way and then back the other. It doesn't seem, though, because the, the right doesn't like to battle back as hard. When it does swing back, it doesn't seem to swing back as far to the right. It seems like every time uh, we win these battles and start swinging the pendulum the other way, it doesn't go back as far. There's been t erosion that we haven't been really willing to push back and, and, and push that pendulum farther to the right farther back to, dare I say, something that is is morally good and what this country was founded on. Mainly because our principled rhinos have placated the left and are too afraid to stand up and say, no, that was stupid and we're not going to do it anymore. That's why we don't get the pendulum swinging as far back to the right anymore. Honestly, if people realize that the culture war isn't something that will ever truly be won, we might actually have more dialogue and understanding among the people. We might actually have get tired between the, the yo-yoing between both, you know, left and right and, and extremes and come back to the middle and, and figure out what we both agree on and start from there. There's a lot of focus on trying to win and be right in our own ideologies and not enough focus on the common culture of what it means to be an American. Like I said, if, 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 if we uh, just identified what we agreed on, I'm not talking about the far left or the far right. I'm talking about most of the, what I view as the majority of Americans who typically are centrist. They might just be center left or center right. There's a lot of commonality there that um, isn't talked about because these little cultural battles are going on just to make people upset and think that we have less in common than we really do. So if we can't truly win the culture war, what options do we have? Now, this is where it comes down to actually just fighting the battles still. Winning those battles are what is going to change the culture. And continuing on to defend those victories we have in those battles is what's going to sustain the cultural change. Those battles right now are in our schools. It's pushing out the CRT-inspired curriculums. It's pushing out the sexualized content available to students in the classrooms and school libraries. It's returning to teaching more classic literature in the classrooms. 
Now, as I've investigated the books available in our school libraries and what the teachers are having the students read, or even in some cases, reading to the students, I don't get why when we get into middle and high school, teachers are reading to students. That's a, probably another topic, but <laughs> we have uh, these books that are being read to students. It's become apparent after digging into these books and, and reading excerpts, it's apparent why there's a lot of kids that can't read at grade level anymore. The books being curated for school libraries and curriculums today aren't written with the intention to challenge students and raise reading comprehension. They are written to deliver political messages and indoctrinate. Truthfully, they are poorly and lazily written books. There's no thought needed to find the deeper meaning. There's no thought needed to try and comprehend any deeper symbolism within the, the text of the book itself. It's because these books are written to be blatantly obvious in the messaging, uh, messaging they are delivering. And again, like I said, they are sloppily and lazily written. Uh, it's just horrible the way they're written. Winning culture battles starts in the schools. It has to be the parents and truthfully, even the community members standing up and demanding that their kids' education be free from political slant, free from this uh, uh, garbage and over-sexualization of the curriculum and, and the books available for our kids to read in the library. It, it has to be curriculum that is rooted in American culture and our history, good, bad, and ugly. That is how you start to change the culture. It's in the schools. It's starting to get the kids back to American culture and having them understand, yes, we've, like every country, we have our past, but the past is past. This is a great country and you should love this country. These curriculums today are teaching kids that we're a horrible country and you should hate this country. That's how we start changing the culture back is we win the battles in the schools. We win the battles with the curriculum. It means that we need to get the federal education department out of our school district's business. Now with federal tax dollars comes strings. And those strings are the Marxist garbage curriculums schools are pushing. It's common core. It's here you can have this money, but you're going to teach diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, I know this is easier said than done. Many school districts close their funding gaps with these federal dollars. And when it comes down to it, when it comes down to where there's some pushback on taking these uh, dollars, the argument always reverts back to the, but it's for the kids. The only thing our kids need, the only thing we should be saying, but it's for the kids, is providing them with a quality education. And that means getting back to American-centric teaching, American cultural teaching. All the other crap, the referendums for the new stadiums, the referendums for new auditoriums, the federal dollars for whatever other program a school will take and put on, in actuality, do not enhance the learning experience. Those things do nothing. They do nothing 
to help our kids grow in their knowledge. It, they do nothing to help prepare them for the world. The federal money does not enhance the learning. It only inhibits it. And that's the point. The, the, the Marxists in the education department want to inhibit the learning of our children. They want to make them dumb so they can be more easily controlled. They don't want anybody thinking for themselves. I say push your school boards to figure out how to budget devoid of federal money. Encourage them if there's a federal program that uh, demand that they don't take part in it one bit. Now in probably a number of cases here, they aren't likely to do it. They aren't likely to listen, but at least it's on record as an issue that the community wants addressed and that it can be used then to push school, uh, school board members out who are not doing the will of the people, who are not listening, who are taking these federal dollars and continuing to indoctrinate our children. Winning the culture battle in the schools is going to mean some of us are have to step up and run for the school board. Yes, we can push for cultural change from the outside, from, uh, from an activist standpoint with the current board members, but that's only going to go so far. To make a lasting change, to make a sustaining change, we need principled people on these school boards who will change the culture and then hold the line on it when it comes under attack. Changing the culture means some of us need to move from the outside to the inside. Winning the culture battles means boycotts. Yes, I think they're stupid and destructive, but they also get attention and work. If they didn't work, they wouldn't be done. If there's a company that is pushing the woke ideology, boycott them. If there's a company that is is funding anti-American groups and activities, boycott them. Money in the end speaks louder than ideology. Once the bottom line starts to take a hit, attention is then paid as to why. What, what are the changes? Uh, a company's gonna look at that and say, what are the changes that have gone on in the, in the last however, you know, quarter, two quarters, four quarters, whatever the case may be, that caused our uh, decline in revenue? Coke learned this lesson, so have several others. We need to speak with our dollars. We need to have the short-term pain in order for long-term gain. We need to have that mentality. A little inconvenience for a short period of time will go a long way. It puts these companies on notice that we're not gonna take this crap anymore. We are Americans. And if you're not going to be an American company, if you're not going to be a pro-American company, then we'll find companies that are. We have to make that decision of what is more valuable. It's either that 79th pair of shoes that we're ordering from Amazon or our American culture that celebrates freedom, liberty, and equality for everyone. Do we really need to be entertained by the likes of Disney, Netflix, or even the NFL and NBA? Or are there other options, other American loving options? It's admittedly hard to decouple from some of these companies because they have become such gigantic conglomerates. You know, the, sometimes you just can't avoid it. But even cutting back greatly on your consumption of their products and services has an impact. 
especially if we can get a, a, a lot of people doing it. Now, the Goods Unite Us app is a great way to check how companies donate politically. I've mentioned it before. It provides an excellent guide into which companies are at least aligned to the ideals of freedom and liberty. That's within, uh, and you can see that within how they donate, if, if they're donating more to, to Republican or Democrat causes. Most companies admittedly do, do, will donate to both. They play both sides of the fence. Um, but some will donate more heavily to Republican causes than, uh, than others. So that's where that app comes in handy because then it's easy to see which, uh, which way a company tends to uh, go with their donations. Now, the last thing I'll cover here today, uh, there's many other ways to uh, win cultural battles. There's many others that I just don't have time to cover. But the last thing I'll, I'll uh, cover here today is encourage uh, our legislators to join the Convention of the States. We have gotten so far from the Constitution, from what the Constitution actually outlines our federal government to be. We've gotten so far from that, we need to pull the federal government back in. We need to pull the federal government and reestablish it to its constitutionally appointed role. The resolution that the states need to pass is to call an Article 5 Convention of the States to take up three issues, term limits, balanced federal, bud, uh, balanced federal budget, reduce the scope and size of the federal government. I'll link the site in the description box to the, the uh, Convention of the States website so you have it there again. Go check it out. There's a petition on there to sign that goes to your legislators saying you fully support going uh, or, or calling a uh, convention of the states per Article 5 of the Constitution. The culture war is something that is never truly won. That has been demonstrated throughout history. We go back and forth. People are fickle. Uh, principles start to erode because we get complacent and we, and we don't want to... Uh, go back to Paul Ryan, we get too tired in terms of battling and protecting them. So we'll uh, just let this one slide and it'll be okay. Before you know it, you end up where we are today. Culture wars have ebbed and flowed throughout history. However, the various battles out there can be won. The victories from those various battles out there can be sustained and they should be sustained. We shouldn't get tired of fighting for our culture especially when it comes to being rooted in solid uh, principle and good moral principles. These cultural battles should not be discounted as unimportant because if we do not fight and win these cultural battles, the ideas and solutions proposed within the cultural context of old falls on deaf ears. And it won't matter how much those ideas are rooted in good, solid principle. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my previous shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. Just this past week, I posted a new article on what's actually going on within our supply chains 
it goes more in depth than I did in the last show uh, with some of the more uh, technical details and some of the other data behind what's actually going on in with, within our supply chain. So give it a read if you haven't already. Also, well, on my website, shop my store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. It's fall, so pick out a nice new hoodie or sweatshirt for yourself. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your listening platform allow for reviews. Subscribing helps us move up the charts, and it helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at livingwithliberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.